Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Recorded live. Hello, today I have a special show for our listeners. Uh, something a little different, it's kind of an art show, where we're going to be talking poetry with a um, poet, with an actual poet. We're going to be talking to Rachel Briggs, and you may recognize that there's a similarity of names, because Rachel is my daughter, but she's also an award-winning poet, as well as a philosophy professor at Stanford. So, Rachel, can you tell my listeners something about yourself? Sure. So, yes, yeah, so my, my, by day, I'm a mild-mannered philosophy professor at Stanford. Uh, I'm actually not that mild-mannered secretly, <laughs> but uh, I teach uh, sort of formal epistemology, and I'm teaching two exciting logic courses this quarter, which I'm super excited about. Uh, I also, by night, uh, I am a not-so-mild-mannered poet. And I've got a book of poems, uh, Free Logic, published in 2014 with University of Queensland Press uh, in Australia. And I've also I've got another book uh, sort of coming out soon. And I've uh, got a poem in the Best American Poetry, uh, 2015, uh, edited by Sherman Alexie. So I, you know, I, I, I like philosophy and I like poetry and I, I'm do philosophy professionally in the sense that I can make money from it, and I do poetry professionally in the sense that uh, I write it and people think it's good, but I'm glad that I don't have to make my living off it. <laughs> All right. And I know that animals in general are prominent in your poetry, um, as well as dogs specifically. Have you always loved animals and found creative inspiration from them? Yes, because animals are awesome, and dogs are particularly particularly awesome. So I, when I was a kid, I would pretend to be animals for hours and hours until everybody around me found it tiresome. And I really, really wanted a dog and you guys uh, got me a dog. Uh, and so, yes, yeah, so I had I had dogs growing up and I loved them. Yeah, Two dogs, I remember, Mask and Meg. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I remember even when you were tiny before we were able to get a dog and we'd visit um, a friend of mine who had a, who had a dog named Brownie, and you would sit for hours with your arm around Brownie, just talking away, having conversations. And so I thought um, I'd ask you to pick some poems to read to us about dogs. I used a sort of a classification scheme that I found online from the Poetry Foundation, where they divided dog poetry into several categories. And I thought I'd ask you to find and read one poem from each of those categories. So the first category is called Great Companions. Do you have something you'd like to share with us? Yes. So Elizabeth Elizabeth Barrett's Browning poem. Yeah. Let me say that sentence. Yes. So Elizabeth Barrett Browning's poem, To Flush My Dog, is really, I think, a, a good poem, a good example from this category. So I'll start. It's a bit long. 
but it's really good. Loving friend, the gift of one, who her own true faith hath run through thy lower nature, be my benediction said with my hand upon thy head, gentle fellow creature. Like a lady's ringlets brown, flow thy silken ears adown either side demurely. Of thy silver-suited breast, shining out from all the rest of thy body purely. Darkly brown thy body is, till the sunshine striking this alchemize its dullness. When the sleek curls manifold, flash all over into gold with a burnished fullness. Underneath my stroking hand, startled eyes of hazel bland, kindly growing larger, sorry, kindling, growing larger. Up thou leapest with a spring, full of prank and curveting, leaping like a charger. Leap, thy broad tail waves alight. Leap, thy slender feet are bright, canopied in fringes. Leap, those tasseled ears of thine, flicker strangely, fair and fine, down their golden inches. Yet, my pretty sportive friend, little is to such an end that I praise thy rareness. Other dogs may be thy peers, haply in these drooping ears and this glossy fairness. But of thee it shall be said, this dog watched beside a bed, day and night unweary, watched within a curtained room where no sunbeam break the gloom round the sick and dreary. Roses gathered in a vase in that chamber died apace, beam and breeze resigning. This dog only waited on, knowing when the light is gone, love remains for shining. Other dogs in timey dew tracked the hares and followed through sunny moor or meadow this dog only crept and crept next the languid cheek that slept, sharing in the shadow. Other dogs of loyal cheer bounded at the whistle clear, up the woodside hieing. This dog only watched in reach of a faintly uttered speech or a louder sighing. And if one or two quick tears dropped upon his glossy ears or a sigh came double, up he sprang in eager haste fawning, fondling, breathing fast in a tender trouble. And this dog was satisfied if a pale, thin hand would glide down his dewlap sloping, which he pushed his nose within, after platforming his chin on the palm left open. This dog, if a friendly voice, call him now to blither choice than such chamber-keeping, come out, praying from the door, presseth backward as before, up against me leaping. Therefore, to this dog I will, tenderly, not scornfully, render praise and favor. With my hand upon his head is my benediction said, therefore and forever. And because he loves me so, better than his kind will do often, man or woman, give I back more love again than dogs often take of men, learning from my, my human. Blessings on thee, dog of mine. Pretty collars make thee fine. Sugared milk makes fat thee. Pleasures wag on in thy tail. Hands of gentle motion fail nevermore to pat thee. Downy pillow, take thy head. Silken coverlid, be stead. Sunshine, help thy sleeping. 
No flies buzzing wake thee up. No man break thy purple cup, set for drinking deep in. Whiskered cats arointed flee. Sturdy stoppers keep from thee. Cologne distillations. Nuts lie in thy path for stones, and thy feast day macaroons turn to daily rations. Mock I thee in wishing wheel? Tears are in my eyes to feel thou art made so straightly. Blessing needs must straighten too. Little canst thou joy or do, thou who lovest greatly. Yet be blessed to the height of all good and all delight, pervious to thy nature. Only loved beyond that line with a love that answers thine loving fellow creature. Wow, that really was a poem. Is it still going on? (laughs) <laughs> I know it's a long one. It's also I, I thought it was the one that best captured uh how <laughs> how cool dogs are. She Sorry you know, to, she really liked her dog. <laughs> yeah, I didn't finish that. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's um I also I wanted to vary the styles a little bit. So later on we'll have some uh Perlingetti and I thought Browning is so different from a lot of the sort of poets who are my contemporaries and it's it's nice to have something in these formal stanzas (laughs) so go ahead and finish (laughs) what so is that all finished or is there still a little more um, no no that's all okay um well the next category um well actually i'm just going to back up do you know what year that elizabeth barrett browning wrote that oh shoot i should uh unclose my tab (laughs) um Oh, that's okay. Um, so the next category is called In Memory of Our Dog. And what poem did you select for my listeners in that category? So this is one called Half Border and Half Lab by Heather McHugh. Okay. Customs and chemistry made a name for themselves, and it was Spot. He's gone to some utopos now, the dirty dog doctor of crotches, digger of holes. Your airy clarities be damned. He loved our must and our mistakes. Why hit him then? Who did us good? He is dead. He ought to be at home. He is damned put out, and so am I. (laughs) When blue is carried out, the law is red. When noon is said and done, it's dusk again. The greed for table makes the greed for bed. So cave canum, even stars have litters, little lookers, cacklers, killers. Morning raises up the hackled men. What's milk among our ilk but opportunity for spillers? He saved our sorry highfalutin souls. The heavens haven't saved a fly. Orion's canineness, who can condone? That starring story, strapping blade. And Sirius is just a Fido joke. No laughter shakes that firmament. But oh, the family dog, the Buddha dog, son of a bitch, he had a funny bone. Yeah, that was completely a different vein of poetry. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) It, It did make me laugh for a minute in the beginning where they were talking about the dog named Spot of your siblings when we got our dog Meg had quite an argument 
because um, your youngest sister wanted a different puppy, and she was adamant that we were going to take that puppy and name it Spot. And that's not what happened, but she was she was able to reduce your brother into tears with that argument. Um, the next category <laughs> is all. Oh wait, wait! I have more things to say. Oh, okay, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm I'm glad that uh, we got Meg because she was so wonderful, and I can't imagine having not had her. And I also have a great Spot story, which is my husband had a friend who had an all-white dog named Spot because he looked like a big white spot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So our next category is strays and rescues. And what what have you got for us in that category? So this is Dog by Lawrence Ferlinghetti. The dog trots freely in the street and sees reality. And the things he sees are bigger than himself. And the things he sees are his reality. Drunks in doorways, moons on trees. The dog trots freely through the street. And the things he sees are smaller than himself. Fish on newsprint, ants in holes, chickens in Chinatown windows, their heads a block away. The dog trots freely in the street, and the things he smells smell something like himself. The dog trots freely in the street, past puddles and babies, cats and cigars, pool rooms and policemen. He doesn't hate cops. He merely has no use for them. And he goes past them and past the dead cows hung up whole in front of the San Francisco meat market. He would rather eat a tender cow than a tough policeman, though either might do. And he goes past the Romeo Ravioli factory, past Coit's Tower, and past Congressman Doyle. He's afraid of Coit's Tower, but he's not afraid of Congressman Doyle although what he hears is very discouraging, very depressing, very absurd to a sad young dog like himself, to a serious dog like himself. But he has his own free world to live in, his own fleas to eat. He will not be muzzled. Congressman Doyle is just another fire hydrant to him. The dog (laughs) trots freely in the street. And he has his own dog's life to live and to think about and to reflect upon, touching and tasting and testing everything, investigating everything without benefit of perjury. A real realist with a real tale to tell and a real tale to tell it with. A real live, barking, democratic dog engaged in real free enterprise with something to say about ontology, something to say about reality and how to see it and how to hear it, with his head cocked sideways at street corners, as if he is just about to have his picture taken for Victor Records, listening for his master's voice and looking like a living question mark into the great gramophone of puzzling existence with its wondrous hollow horn, which always seems just about to spout forth some victorious answer to everything. Now that was a great poem. I, I got a laugh <laughs> out of that one. 
I, I love how he uses the dog as the avatar for his own opinions. Yeah. Uh, and the fourth category, something called dog stories. Uh, do you have a dog story poem for us? Yes, I do. So I have My Dog Practices Geometry by Catherine Essinger. <laughs> I do not understand the poets who tell me that I should not personify. Every morning, the willow auditions for a new role outside my bedroom window. Today she is Clymenestra, yesterday a southern belle, lost in her own melodrama, sinking on her skirts. Nor do I like the mathematicians who tell me I cannot say the zinnias are counting on their fingers or the dog is practicing her geometry, even though every day I watch her using the yard's big maple as the apex of a triangle from which she bisects the circumference of the lawn until she finds the place where the rabbit has escaped or the squirrel upped the ante by climbing into a new Euclidean plane. She stumbles across the lawn, eyes pulling her feet along, gaze fixed on a rodent working the maze of the oak as if it were his own invention her feet tangling in the roots of trees and tripping, yes, even over themselves, until I go out to assist by pointing at the squirrel and repeating, there, there. But instead of following my outstretched arm to the crown of the tree, where the animal is now lounging under a canopy of leaves, catching its breath, charting its next escape, she looks to my mouth, eager to read my lips, confident that I, who can bring her home from across the field with a word, who can speak for the willow and the zinnia, can surely charm a squirrel down from a tree. <laughs> yeah, I can I can see how a dog might, it sometimes seems like they think that, doesn't it? <laughs> yes. I, I, I love the squirrel going into to a new Euclidean plane and the dog just being totally baffled. <laughs> <laughs> and then the final category is called a dog's perspective. And so do you have a poem for us that's from the dog's perspective? I do. Uh, so actually, I, I, I looked at the ones that were really trying to capture the dog's perspective, and I thought, nobody is ever going to know what a dog really thinks. But I, I like uh, Unmediated Experience by Bob Hickok. She does this thing. Our 17-year-old dog, our mostly deaf dog, our mostly dead dog, statistically speaking, and I crouch. When I put my mouth to her ear and shout her name, she walks away, walks toward the nothing of speech. She even trots down the drive, ears up, as if my voice is coming home. It's like watching a child believe in Christmas right before you burn the tree down. Every time I do it, I think, this time, she'll turn to me. This time, she'll put voice to face. This time, I'll be absolved of decay. Which is like being a child who believes in Christmas as the tree burns, as the drapes catch, as Santa lights a smoke with his blowtorch and asks, want one? 
that was definitely a different viewpoint. Um, and finally, how about one of your own poems that's either about dogs or in which dogs are an important element? So now I have to read my poem for Meg. Okay. You have a doggy dignity in sleep. I drool beneath the blankets, half awake. But you lie calm and still. You dream of sheep. I dream of stones. I have no right to weep. Next day I'll have you petted, fed with steak, and put to what's genteelly known as sleep. My brush-tailed friend, how far you used to leap. You'd run for sticks and gnaw them till they break. You'd chase the killdeer, herd the cats like sheep. But now the stubborn staircase grows too steep. The world goes blurry, steps feel tough to take. And there's little left to do but sleep, though why the human body ought to keep. While dogs go stale and crumble, weak as cake. I'd not know. Nor you. You dream of sheep. Your breath is shallow, and the night is deep. This much is fair. It's my turn now to shake. I shake the blankets out. I try to sleep. I dream of broken teeth. You dream of sheep. Well, that was a great ode to a border collie. And ah, she was such a good dog. <laughs> so I want to thank you for sharing some poems, um, your own and some others that you picked out about dogs. It's just kind of been a very different podcast. I hope my listeners have enjoyed it. Ah, thanks. thanks, Mom. All right. I'm gonna, now I'm going to hit the button that ends the recording part, but it doesn't hang up the call. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.